Good morning, everyone. Uh, glad you're here this morning. Really happy you're here and taking in the gym. Um, okay, so uh, back in October, we began posting some ads actually on social media, Facebook specifically, just kind of promoting Friends Church to kind of the wider community. This was one that we had put up. Um, it said, as people who don't fit church, we long for a safe place to doubt, to ask questions, to tell the truth, even when it's uncomfortable. This was a simple ad that we thought, you know, this is going to target those people out there that are wrestling with certain things. Where, where are they at? What do they believe in? Um, some things that stopped working for them, whatever. So anyways, we post that, boom, I couldn't believe it. Man, the comments that started coming out of this thing. I don't know if any of you saw this ad online. Some uh, very supportive, some wanting to fight. Like, <laughs> imagine that. Imagine that on social media. Uh, one guy responded with the question. He just wants to know, do you believe and preach the biblical gospel of salvation here and through faith in Christ? Nothing added, nothing taken away. Or are you just another social gospel that's promoting reformation and social justice for the poor and downtrodden? You one of them. <laughs> hmm, okay. So one guy reading that post by someone, he chimes in. He's obviously got his dander up over that. He says, yeah, buddy, I agree with you totally. <laughs> <laughs> F the poor and downtrodden just teach the BS, right? So he's making his own statement going, are you kidding me? <laughs> One woman just wrote, I need this. She's just looking at that and thought, I need an environment I can question, I can ask and feel safe delving into this. You know, let's be honest, there are a million different angles and opinions and beliefs that people hold about spirituality and religion, what it's supposed to be about, what it's not supposed to be about. And those differences will continue until the end of time. But I think it's safe to say that regardless of what part of the spiritual world you come from, if you're still engaged in this thing, if you're still on some kind of journey, I think it's safe to say you're looking for something more. More than what life is offering you right now. In fact, my guess is that's why you're either tuning in, listening to this podcast, you're watching on YouTube, or you're sitting here in these seats. Something inside you is telling you that what you're chasing in life probably is going to disappoint. There's got to be more to just eating, sleeping, consuming, and paying taxes, isn't there? Your experiences perhaps to this point in just the normal natural world have left you a little bit wanting. Something's whispering in your ear saying there's there's got to be more. It's more than just this. Today we're beginning a new series that we're calling Transcendence. 
It's, it's a series that's designed to talk about the more. What it is that we may be looking for. We're hoping to find. What is it? What is it? Where would it show up? What would it feel like? What, what is this thing? What, what is beyond this? We like this word transcendent because it speaks to those things, those moments and experiences in our lives that are beyond or above the range of just normal or kind of merely the, the physical human experience. The transcendent speaks to those things that are surpassing the ordinary, that seem to exist apart from the, the limitations of the natural world. It's, there's more here. And, and maybe you've, you've, you've had glimpses of it or you've felt it at times. We may not know how to put our fingers on them or what to, what to call them exactly. But we've, we've seen something. We've felt things. And it's moved you. It's shifted you, perhaps, in moments of your life. It's enlivened something in your soul deep down that you can't describe. What do you call those moments, those experiences? That give color and meaning. That sometimes the everyday just struggles to give sometimes. We like this word transcendent that experience to be about transcendence. Hey, look at over the over thousands of years we've had lots of words for this. You know, you've heard us describe the more than God, the creator, the universe, energy, source. You you, you could come up with a lot of different things. We're going to spend a series referring to all of that as transcendence. The different ways in which we seem to touch, tie into, experience sense something deeper and wider going on. Because our guess is that this is what you're wanting. I know this is something I'm wanting. If I was talking about this kind of thing in one kind of church environment, especially my former church experience growing up, people would have a certain expectation of what I'm talking about. In that tradition, it was like very supernatural. It was like, ooh, you know, like things start moving around you and like the unexplainable, you know, craziness. What, what we're going to talk about over this next while, though it is slippery, though it, it is hard to wrap just the logical mind around it all, what I'm talking about, the more than these transcendent experiences do not exist that far outside of our physical, messy lives in real time every day. I'm talking about experiences that are attainable and not just something that you always read about and you just go, well, yeah, that, is, that was Moses. No, I'm talking about everyday experiences that can move and touch and shape you and change your world, change the people around you too. So we're going to spend some time talking about these different transcendent moments this morning. 
I want to talk about a very specific kind of transcendent moment this morning, but in order to get there, what I want to do is talk about two others that are quite familiar, especially if you've been around here for very long. Many of us have experienced what I will call self-focused transcendence. These are those God moments that we can experience, these epiphany moments when something internally changes, it shifts. I've talked about it in the past, but I've experienced many of these epiphany kind of moments about myself, real self-actualization, self-awareness, these moments when all of a sudden it's just like, wait, what? I've been doing that? That's my pattern? One of the most amazing moments was I was reading a book. And it wasn't even a book that was really encouraged to be read in our circle. A guy named Eckhart Tolle. And I, I was just kind of curious about this stuff. This was years and years ago. And so I kind of felt guilty for reading it because he, he doesn't sit within the, the real framework of Christianity, which is the tradition we come from. He began talking about the ego. And I remember as I was reading this, I started having this, almost this out-of-body experience as I'm looking at myself and I start learning about something that's been there all along. And I couldn't see it. And as he put language to it and he began describing what it feels like and acts like and the thoughts that will rose to your head, yeah, he's going, yeah, that's your ego. I just remember going, I remember putting the book down and going, Oh my God, like it was, it was, an, it was a moment that will change, has changed me forever. I cannot unknow what I learned in that moment and how now I recognize things that are going on in my life. That is a, a, a transcendent moment, what I would call self-focused transcendence. Many of us have experienced these kind of moments when some aspect of our thinking, of our behavior, our reactions to the world around us that's causing problems all of a sudden get illuminated. And something, you you just go, wait, that's what's going on here? That part of me? Some of you have found that in the midst of a recovery group. In the middle of your addiction, all of a sudden there's an epiphany, it goes on. This is what I've been looking for all the time and that's what I've been trying to use to get that? And all of a sudden, the, things start aligning internally. And this, this new sense of hope arises. How do, what do you call that? What do you, what do you self-focused transcendence. It's like you, something unlocks inside. For, for years, if you've been around here, we've been, we will use certain series to delve into areas to unlock these moments, epiphanies, and growth, self-focused growth that launches you into a whole other orbit of your spiritual journey. Self-focused transcendence. Can I ask you, can you remember, can you look back to defining moments when you experience this kind of transcendence? When something unlocked inside of you, something changed, something shifted, you started doing things different. Perhaps someone around you noticed. So what's with you? You just are different now. That would have always set you off. If that would have happened, you would have been freaking out. Where where are you? Mm -hmm. We're going to spend some time over the next few weeks talking about self-focused transcendence. It's one of them. But many of us have experienced transcendence on another end of this spectrum, which I would kind of describe on the other end, 
when we're focused completely away from our own internal world and needs and habits and preferences. And we begin focusing on others. Like literally we shift our eyes off of ourselves and we look elsewhere to the people around us. You know, it's sad how much the pandemic has dampened things in this area, especially I'm referring to Friends Church, but there was a time not long ago, and for some of you that have joined us more recently, you haven't seen the side of this Friends Church community. But there was a time when we were so locked and focused and talked about other focused spirituality, and we still, we are looking forward to the day when this can get ramped up again. There was a time when all we did is just challenge people, just freaking make a difference in your world. You, you want to find meaning in your life? You want to experience God? Turn your eyes off of yourself. Get off the narcissism. Look around. And man, I'm telling you, this community came alive. We talked about taking water. Anything you got in your possession, your time, your passion, your talents, resources, use it. Songs were written. They sang a song this morning. It was written around this concept of water, taking water. We just kept on asking, what is your water? What is it that you've got that's unique from everyone else that you can give back? Man, the ways that people started going crazy, feeding kids that were going to school hungry. Some were involved in a huge effort to adopt a Syrian refugee family and still are involved in that project. Some were focused on serving needs of people that were below the poverty line locally here. We rallied huge support for international projects for extremely disadvantaged. If you were a part of this community back in the day, we, were, we raised over $300,000 to adopt a whole village that was one of the hardest hit with chronic malnutrition in the world. We brought in clean water. We taught nutrition. We, we developed sanitation um, systems in that village to get rid of all the brown water without destroying the village that's downstream. People giving their lives and their hearts to be able to help just make a difference in the lives of people they've never even met. You want to talk about vision and mission and meaning. People were saying, I'm giving up all dining this month so I can give money to that project. We just, kids, it was out of this era that our whole Mexico house building mission was born. Kids giving up their spring break, every spring break, to go down to Mexico to build homes for people that don't know what it's like to have a home with a locking door. Now, if you've ever done any of this, you know what I'm talking about. When when you have those moments where you realize what you've done with your hands, with your money, with your passion and skill sets has changed a life permanently. It's a moment you cannot undo in your mind. It is transformational. It takes you out of the mundane, everyday, punching in, punching out world into this world that says, man, my life matters. What I can do matters. Remember my kid coming home from Mexico one year. Gosh. So I remember he came home and we were just asking, like, how was the trip? It was his first trip to Mexico. And uh, like, we're talking the next morning. He's, He's up and we're just saying, how was it? He's like, it was crazy, Dad. I was like, what was crazy? 
girls or where, where are we going with this? He's like, the key ceremony. When we handed off the keys to that family. He says, okay, so he's grade nine, right? He says, Dad, I couldn't stop crying. It killed him. The impact. Jaden went on to get a tattoo of a pail of water. It marked him. This is called the other focus, transcendence. And if you've given up something of your own to make the difference in the life of someone, chances are you've glimpsed this feeling. You know what that's about. It raptures you into something you cannot describe, but it is it's amazing. The Bible is loaded. If you've, if you've spent any time in it, Jesus, this was one of his favorite topics, was turning your eye off yourself and loving in, in an uncommon way. Don't be selfish. Give of yourself. Those who lose your lives will find it. Like he just says it's so contradictory. It's, so, it's, it's, it's such a paradox. You're, you're focusing away from yourself, but it's feeding you at the same time. That's on the other end. So that's other, other focus, transcendence. You have self-focus, and it's really internal work. You're doing your own work. Other focus, probably somewhere in the middle, is what we would call we-focused transcendence. We focused. That is the point where the me, the self, and all the Zen work that we do internally seems to begin to collide with the others in our world, in the middle. And we do life on the regular with people, needing to merge agendas and attitudes and behaviors trying to just get along, how many know that the bulk of our lives are spent somewhere in the middle? There's a lot of life spent just trying to get along with family and friends and neighbors and coworkers who see life and do life and believe and act differently than we do. So much of our lives are spent trying to navigate those differences. But what many don't realize is that even in the middle of those messy, frustrating, difficult experiences of trying to get along with our neighbors, right in the middle of those are are these powerful, potential-laden windows of interaction that yield what we call we-focused transcendence. This is what I want to explore this morning. Unless you've been living under a rock over the past while, you know that currently we are in one of the most divided, one of the most contentious, stressful, interrelational seasons I think we've experienced in in at least recent world history. I don't remember a time in my lifetime 
when relationships have been so challenged by differing opinions and preferences and needs. So many who are fighting to be heard, feeling so misunderstood, so angry, so frustrated with other people's ways of thinking and acting, talking, believing. Families and friendships and work environments that have been torn apart as people have drawn their lines, as they've given their ultimatums, made their demands of others. And not surprisingly in the process, we are now encountering an epidemic level of isolation and loneliness and emotional and mental suffering. We're living as islands. So many mad at everyone. What many don't realize is that right in the middle of this lies probably one of the most spiritual experiences, transcendence. I, I told you, I, I've referenced it a couple of times, Kathy and I, we, we celebrated our 30th anniversary. We, we took off in November. We got, I got away just in time before Omicron kind of showed up. We went on a big trip to celebrate the big 3-0. And, um, oh, beautiful weather, nice resort. You know, you just think, oh, this is, this is the marital bliss, right? How good can this get? And one day, we're, one night, we're sitting, having dinner. And uh, this is maybe day three. I don't even know how it got started, but one of us opened up and just shared that they were a little bit bothered by something the other was doing. I don't know if that was me that started off and just said, hey, Kath, this is bugging me, or, or she did with me, but it, it kind of kick-started <laughs> one of those conversations that you didn't want to be having in a public restaurant. You know what I'm saying? It's like there was some honest you know, truth serum that was coming out. I don't even remember drinking a lot prior to that, but <laughs> we, were, we were sharing, oh, and every comment invited a more honest comment from the other. I know none of you have ever had an experience like that, but over time, a lot was said. And I would be lying if I told you it wasn't painful. I'd be lying if I told you it didn't end up with some silence and the waiter coming by and going, is everything okay? And me giving him one of those. <laughs> and us paying the bill and just slipping out. I'd be lying if I told you that we didn't walk the beach. For a couple hours after that. Trying to undo what we started trying to understand what each person was feeling. It was one of those things. It's not like something we've done very often. And of all times, on this tropical vacation,
you know, sometimes in regular life, when everything is just busy, you just take some of the little things and you just keep shoving them under the rugs. You know, you just don't have that energy or the time to go there. Well, there we were. And uh, so over the next couple of days, we had a lot of conversations. And it was amazing how many times in the middle of those conversations, one of us would say, that's not what I mean. No, no, no. That's not what I said. No, that is what you, that's, but that's not what I meant. And it'd be that back and forth. And it's like, frick, I know you said that. I know, I, but I, I, I meant what I meant was, what I meant. And then we'd go back and forth, back and forth. By about day six, something began to shift. It's like this, uh, this level of connection where we began to really get what the other one was saying. And then it was like kind of we'd have these moments where we would say, okay, so, so what you're saying was you need me to stop that kind of thing. Yeah. That was, that, that's it? Like that was, all that to get, uh, yeah, oh, well, I can do that. Like, I got that. There were these moments where we'd go back and forth. Now the real, that, that was magic. That was magic when I could tell when I, I was describing what Kathy was asking for. She's going, right there. I go, okay, okay. And vice versa. This way, yes. That was magic. But then when we got home and we enter real life and we see the changes starting to happen. If you've ever experienced this kind of thing where two people, two different people come in and they are looking at things from it and then all of a sudden something shifts and all of a sudden like you've been looking and, and, and your eyesight is like so far, you're looking one direction, they're looking in this and all of a sudden things line up and you're looking into their eye and, and they're going, I get it. And you're going, I get you. I'm there. Let me tell you another experience. There's a family member that I've had some tough, just difficulties since having a disagreement with this person um, a long time ago. And I'll be honest with you, I haven't wanted to even admit it because it would, it would mean that I have to admit that I, had a, I have a petty problem with some of the conversations we had back then. But the truth is, I've held on to something there. And so between us, it's grown colder. We could say we just agree to disagree, but the relationship has gone further and further apart. You know what I'm talking about? It's like you're not on the same wavelength, so it's just like you start growing apart. Over the pandemic, we began just talking more online. That seemed to be a safe thing. And so we began chatting, and this person began sharing kind of about some of their journey 
throughout the panic, pandemic. And there have been times when, as they shared, I began to understand more about kind of their world and choices and beliefs and things that they held and the result of that and what is meant for them. And there have been moments where just the compassion just starts to get higher. And so then I start asking questions with a little bit more curiosity. And so what do you do here? And you mean you can't do any of that? And something's been happening. And then out of the blue, this family member reached out and apologized for that conversation we had way, way back. And she just said, I care about you more than that. And I miss you. Magic? You explain how these resentments and everything that keep me from, all of a sudden, I am running to apologize. I am sick that I've let that stupid thing stand in the way. I am like, no, 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 you're not apologizing. I, I am apologizing. Has that ever happened to you? It's like in a second, the heart melts. The resentments evaporate. And it's like, no, you're reaching, you're both reaching for the reset button saying, let's start over. Magic. We transcendence. And Jesus said, if you really want to experience the spirituality that I'm talking about, try loving those who aren't easily loved. He called them your enemies. But you can imagine, enemy can be anyone from those that hold a different view of the vaccine than you. Political stripe. Theology. Oh, pick your poison. We can view those people who just believe differently as pure enemies, can't we? Jesus says, shoot, anyone can love people that think and act and talk and prefer things the way you do. Anyone can do that. Big whip. That's not even spiritual. He says, well, yeah, I'm putting words in his mouth. He just said, you want to tie into something crazy? Figure out a way to love those who aren't lovable, who you don't want to love. That there is spirituality that will change the world. It's a spirituality that doesn't condone lopsided relationships, where one person has more power than the other where one person can just dictate the beliefs that everyone else has to fall in line with, or preferences, or this is what we're doing today, or this is what we're watching on TV. No. This kind of spirituality is constantly giving and taking, yielding. It's a spirituality that allows, it gives space for diversity of needs and beliefs. It says we don't have to agree on this. Lifestyles, values, it gives everyone a valued and honored voice at the table. It tells the chronic taker to stop taking. You've had enough now. And it tells the chronic giver to stop giving. 
It's your turn to take now a little bit. It's constantly evening the playing field and bringing these, these people that have been in these frustrating, cantankerous, conflicted relationships. And it says, no, 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 it's time. It's time we bring you together and glue this in a way where there's harmony. Allows reciprocity. When all this starts to happen, the transcendence levels goes off the charts. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And if you've ever felt that, you know exactly what I mean by how beautiful it is. But the truth is, it is not easy, which is why many will never experience this kind of transcendence. We, physical transcendence. And they will even say they never want to, they don't care. I don't care that I have no friends. I don't care that I'm living very lonely. I don't care that my, I have no connection with my family or this person or that or whatever. Sometimes the ego makes it impossible to just acknowledge how, how deeply craving we can be for this kind of transcendence. The people that are estranged from family members they love so deeply, but that wall in between them, and it keeps them divided. Who knows for how long? And deep down inside, they're dying to be able to look their mom or their dad or their brother in the eye, to feel the love again. What does it really take to experience this kind of we-focused transcendence? It's really actually not that complicated. It's actually pretty straightforward. Not easy, but pretty straightforward. Unfortunately, it requires two parties to be open to a couple things. Number one, there has to be an, a belief, an understanding or something between two people that say what we have going on right now between us, this is not the best for us. You're not saying what that is. You're just saying how we're going about life between us, this big awkward white elephant that's sitting in the room, how we're kind of dancing around avoiding each other, how we're how we're trying to live separate lives even though we're wanting... No, this can't be the best way. There's got to be a better way. That is step one. And sometimes with that person in your life, and maybe you're thinking about someone right now who you could use a little wee transcendence with, maybe it starts by just an honest admission that what we got going on here, I don't think... It's healthy. Or there, maybe there's a better way we could, so we could. And if that other person could say, yeah, there's got to be something. You may not know what the answer is, but to start there, that is step one. Because if both of you could admit that how things are right now, maybe the animosity, maybe it's just mild irritation, maybe it's just avoidance, passive aggressive behavior, you name it, whatever it is, there's just that rub you can just name it or just acknowledge this is not the best solution. Then you, can acknowledge, then you can jump to step number two. Which is simple. Uh, in theory. 
And that is simply around understanding. Seeking first to understand. When two parties agree to this concept, that understanding is paramount beyond anything. It's just, we, we just need to understand each other. You are about 90% of the way into we transcendence. The Proverbs says, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, only in expressing his opinion. Oh man, there's so many passages of the Bible where they just talk about, shh, shut up. Quit talking. Quit needing to be right. I don't know how many times Kathy and I, as we were talking, came back and said, no, that's not what I meant to say. The, the ability to be able to, to say, oh, wait, that's, what exactly are you saying then? It's why this, there's a simple ground rule. I've, I read, I've read about this again and again and again, and, and just not even religious or spiritual material, but in, in secular, even business writings. This ground rule, it, it seems to be everywhere. No one can make his or her point until they've restated the other person's point to his or her satisfaction. You know, the First Nations people for centuries have used what is known as a talking stick. Have you heard of this? Oh, I love this concept. Why didn't they teach us this? Gosh, theory behind it is that there, there is a talking stick that's brought into a conversation, whether that's with two people or it's a group of people. Whoever's holding the stick gets to talk. No one else gets to talk. As long as that person is holding the talking stick, he or she alone may speak until they feel that those they're speaking with fully understand what they're about. This is the rule. They do not relinquish that talking stick until what they're sensing around their room in the comments and the things that people are saying is that, yeah, 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 you get what I'm talking about. Now, no one else, while that person is holding the stick, can make their own points. They can't argue. They can't even necessarily even agree or disagree. All they can do is attempt to understand you and articulate that understanding. They may need to restate your point to make sure you feel understood. Or you may just kind of get to that point where it, it just from their comments, you're going, okay, yeah, you get me good enough. At which point then, as soon as you feel understood, you hand off the stick. Now, after you've handed off the stick, now the rule applies to you. You have to sit and restate what you're hearing. You can ask clarifying questions. You do what you need to do until that person says, you got my point of view. When you get to the point where those people in that room are all saying, I feel heard, I feel understood, it is shocking how much of all the other stuff that you had been fighting about, all the angst that you felt about the difference or whatever, how much of that starts dissipating. 
how much even your perspective of what that other person was doing, thinking, acting like, your irritation, whatever, starts to dry up. Negative energy dissipates, contention evaporates, mutual respect grows. People become creative. They start developing what they call the third alternative, a new way, the better solution starts coming out of it. No longer locked either side of the divide, something opens up. Pretty simple. Now, just a rule to those who are listening to me today. The rule would be for you, if you were to try this, that it's you that gives the other person the first turn, right? <laughs> you don't go in demanding your turn first, right? You know, we're all clear on that? I have a feeling there's someone in your life right now who needs... That, that relationship is like loaded with spiritual transcendence opportunities, if you'd be willing to go there. Do you have someone in mind? Do you have someone who you have been kind of frustrated with? Do you have someone who you've just distanced yourself from? Like, maybe in your mind you said, that's not my problem anymore. I just need a new friend. Jesus would say, anyone can, can operate with disposable friends, where you just keep next, next, Try this spirituality. Try we spirituality where you say, let's go back to the table. See what's possible. Would you be willing to try this this week? Is there a relationship in your life that's calling to you right now? Would you be willing to believe that a different and a better solution is possible with that person? Better than what you got right now. And secondly, would you be willing to try this? I hope you will. I hope, I hope you taking a step this week might be, maybe for some of you, the first true experience of we transcendence. Blows your mind how the animosity and everything can drop. Will you do that? I hope you will. Alessandra wrote a song about this kind of wrap up this, this entire Transcendence series. And uh, I don't know if you want to say anything about it. Uh, no? You just want to play it? This is, this is gold. We're going to close on this. Uh, we invite you over the next number of weeks, put your mind on Transcendence. Because it's available. It's attainable. 